Welcome. We are speaking with Joe Crisoja today, and we get to hear about not only his color codes, which was kind of the reason that I asked him on the podcast, because I heard that he was creating these intuitive paintings for people that were sort of these representations of their energy bodies. And he's going to talk a little bit about that. But we actually ended up talking uh, more about things. Um, I was really actually glad that I did this. I just sort of spontaneously asked, well, what would you like to talk about? And we ended up talking about his ayahuasca journeys and a whole bunch of other things that were not related to his art. I met him through the Joshua community, through Gary Bodley, whom I had on the podcast a few episodes ago. And I'm going to have his partner, uh, Christy Levy, on in the next episode. So definitely stay tuned for that. She's a psychic medium and um, her perspective on things is super interesting to listen to. The stuff that she's able to do, her purple power. Um, I also, before we get into the episode, I want to thank the people who have left me reviews on the podcast or us reviews on the podcast. Since I um, have been reminding people to do so, I noticed that there hadn't been some uh, comments for a while or um, uh, reviews for a while. So thank you so much um, for everyone who left comments and reviews. I really appreciate that. It, it helps the algorithm find this podcast when they know that people are interested enough to leave a review. So um, please, you know, click the star thing. But the best thing is also just to type something, you know, like really enjoyed listening to the episode with Joe Crisoja or whatever it was. All right. Well, here we go. Let's get into the podcast. Hello. <laughs> oh, I'm just noticing your green drawer thing in the background. That's really cool. I'm like a huge green fan. I was, my eye was drawn. That to was that. my wife's. So was I, it? Yeah, yeah she painted. Oh. oh, nice. You also have like this really glorious painting. Um, what is what is the title of that or the the theme? Uh, Ascent. It was. I did that after. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tom Kenyon. He's a sound healer, artist guy. There's a documentary of him on uh, YouTube. Oh, okay. He's no, amazing. He's I got like four octave voice. And he wrote a couple books where he channels the, uh, he's also a psychologist. He channels the Hawthors. And I read his book and they had this series of meditations called the three geometries. And I just started doing those meditations for like three months straight every day. And it was because of that, that I painted that painting. So it's ascent. Is it not two words, ascent, but ascent, like ascending? Yeah. Yeah. So what was the the feeling of those meditations? Uh, just golden light coming in through the crown chakra and spreading out through the rest of the body. That's cool. Was it like a sound meditation? Not those in particular, but I did do use some of his sound when I was doing those meditations. What was the if you buy the book, he has a CD and you he has certain tracks that go along with which each of those meditations. Okay. I'm asking because I, I was turned on to another meditation. Oh, I'm trying to think of what it was called. I think it was called like soul, soul awakening or uh, so oh, I can't remember, but it was so funny because it was 
like I could feel the power of it, but it was just silence. Like they would, they would go, yeah. okay, we're starting now. And then for five minutes, it would be complete silence. Yes. That something was happening. And then, right. and then it Some ended. Some sort of transmission. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it, was it like that or, or was there, it was like guided? Well, he, I just went through the, the meditations in his description because I found that very, because oh, there's certain okay. so things you, you do inside. Yourself. Like the first one, you, you do a figure eight inside your mind. Like pretend there's a light. You do a slow figure eight. Ooh, and then okay. you do it backwards, like the infinity symbol. And you do that a few times. And then you go to the other one, which is the atom. You spin it around certain ways. You pretend it's a light around your body. And the third one is using a certain shape, which I put the shape on on there, which is this little, I forgot the name of the shape. It was a tecto, tectohedron or something. I forgot the name of the shape, but it's kind of like a pyramid. Okay. And then there's a pyramid on the other side and they're attached. I don't know what that shape's called, but that's spinning and it comes into your crown. And it's, uh, I did that every day for, geez, three months. And then I painted that painting. How long do you do, like, for example, that, I mean, even with you just describing that, like, I can sort of feel it in my head. That feels really intense. Like, how long do you keep that Well, what going? I did, because I went pretty slow, because I noticed there's, there's certain parts that you'll be like, uh, uh, it feels uncomfortable, or I can't quite put it there. And that's when I was like, I was interested in that. And I remember when I was doing it, there was a certain part of my head when it got to, it felt really good. Like, oh, wow, that's really good. So then after I did it, I'd go back to that part and put my attention back and forth to kind of massage it. Oh, that's really cool. Did did you feel like memories activate or like, what did you think? What was like, what was going on in your- I just felt a sense? lot of energy around my head. Yeah. A lot of energy, but I feel that a lot. So- it was kind of like, yeah, whatever. I don't know what's what that <laughs> is, but I remember the first time that I actually got into meditation was after reading the um the book he talks about was it many, many ma many minds, many masters. Yes, I've heard of that book. Yeah. And I was convinced that if I could like reach far back enough that I could like, you know, get all the past life information. That's what actually got me into meditation. Oh, really? Um, so yeah, as you were saying that thing, I'm like, whoa, I wonder if like, if, like that activates like memories of past lives or. If I haven't recalled, I think the whole series of meditations, which were called the three geometries was to give you access to other beings out there. It was to help open the portal. I have to check that out. That sounds really cool. So that's not even like what you do and why I asked you to be on the podcast, but that's all <laughs> super interesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've just, you've been posting your, um, or images of your paintings there. It's correct to say paintings, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Cause I remember I had a, I had a someone on and I assumed that his artwork was paintings and it was actually drawings. So, um, when you can't see it up close sometimes it's yeah yeah um but anyway so yeah your paintings you've been posting in the the joshua group we both uh, are part of the of gary bodley's uh program who i had at this point i think it will be like four episodes from now or four episodes since um because i just had gary on yeah i watched that one yeah so um and he told or no it was christy that first told me about your color codes um which maybe we maybe we should talk about that because that's 
super fun. Yeah, it's something I'm really excited about that I'm doing now. And it's, uh, it's something new and it's, I get a lot of joy out of it. And every time I do one, it seems like it's becoming more clear and uh, better. So what are color codes? I'll tell you how it started. <laughs> yeah. It was during the pandemic and I'm at work. I've worked as an artist in the video game field for almost 30 years, but I don't anymore. But this, I was working at a video game company and the pandemic happened and we all got to work from home. And so we have meetings like this, right? But there was no video. We just had, you know, Google Meets. And uh, I would notice images and patterns come to me when people talked. And when someone else would talk, they would change. So I was like, hmm, interesting, cool, whatever. And I would just doodle little shapes down when I, what was happening. And then since I'm a big time meditator and I meditate every morning, one time in meditation, it just came to me paint these for people and call them color codes. It's all that came through and it kept nagging at me. So then I started something called a prototype project and uh, I did it for some people and it's produced some really good results. I mean, when I was painting it, stuff comes to me to tell the person and it's almost kind of like a reading per se. And from there, uh, I just kept doing them and yeah, I find them absolutely exciting for me. That's and everyone so cool. who's had one is, has really gotten a lot out of it. So yeah, they're exciting. Have you seen this? It, I think it's a TikTok video. I don't know. Um, Ondine, who's also part of the boot camp, she was actually just on with her sister, uh, no, Karina. She shared this with me. And it's like these three patterns that are like um, see-through. So it's just, it's like on a see-through sheet of paper, I guess. Oh, yes. And you overlap them. Yes. And it creates like a human face. It's, have you yes. seen that? Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. It's nuts. Do you feel like, like these are like, um, uh, what it was literal in that sense? Like, I mean, I know it's not creating a human face, but do you feel like this is some sort of representation of like a light body or uh, like, what's your sense of it? Well, my sense of it, well, first let me back up a bit. There's a reason why, cause I can paint figures and shapes and I mean, people, places and things. Sure. But for these, I have a real strong pull not to do that for these because that gets the mind too active and concentrates on something else. Like, oh, hey, there's a face there. It's my face. Look how pretty. So it's basically just colors and shapes. And I think it's some sort of signature that I'm getting from the person. And depending upon what they want to focus on, because I've noticed I can make these, which I'm calling some of them as incantations. Like I did one for my wife recently to bring her more success. And it's, we have a discussion about it and I take some notes and I do some little scribbles and then I start, start it. But it's just to uh, bring that into her life. And I will talk to her afterwards of what might be stopping this or what to look out for and things like that. So it's basically just a color representation of, of you, your your core at the moment. And the reason I say at the moment, because if I did one for you right now and did one for you a month later, it would be different. Yeah. Interesting. So can you give me an example? Like, does it come, is it something that you sort of 
just choose to do in the moment? Or, I mean, I know when you were saying the Google meets, it was just sort of came on automatically, but now that you're aware of it, is it something that like you, you focus in on and, and, or is it just sort of happening whenever you go out? Like well, you're just no, seeing all I, these. If I focus in on something, it will start happening. But when I first do it for somebody, we have a meeting on Zoom and I ask them a series of questions. I take them through a couple minute meditation. And this is for me to get the connection mm. a lot stronger. And uh, once the connection's made, I can uh, do the painting later. Because once I start the painting, images and stuff start flowing to me and just things start coming to me like you should mention this you should mention that but i don't write any of that down on what i should tell them uh just because i'm not a very fast writer and i don't think it's my strength but when i go over the color code later with somebody all that i just have to look at it and all the stuff that needs to come up and be said will be said that's all kind of spontaneous that'll happen but i do see a lot of images and stuff there'll be certain themes, but that's part of it because it's never static. It's not like this is an image of a green triangle. You know, it's it's more like it's undulating and moving, but there'll be certain shapes that are always consistent in there at the time. And I'll paint most of it in one sitting, like bam, a few hours or an hour, get it done. And then I put it away and I don't look at it until the next day to see if there's a pool to take things out or put things in. And once that pool isn't there to change anything anymore, I know it's done. Hmm. Because sometimes I got to, I got to like, part of me is like, oh, artistically, it'd be much better if I <laughs> sprinkled some stuff on this side. I got to watch myself do that. And I I find that very uh, interesting because, hmm. you know, every, parts of me always wants to make it balanced and, you know, but there's certain yeah. commonalities I see in all of them now. So that is good. Huh when you were saying the thing about writing that sort of got me thinking because I find so in the in the in the boot camp that we do that with with Gary there's a lot of writing and you're you know you're meant to sort of be channeling your own inner being and I find my I mean my hand starts to hurt because it, it's like so fast I'm like okay just <laughs> mine does that too actually and I wonder because I've never really thought about this I'm like maybe that's a creative thing because if you, I mean, logically, like if you could get everything that you were experiencing down in words, you probably wouldn't need to make a painting or like, in my case, write a song or, you know, right. I don't know. That was just something that came to me as I was, I was thinking that no, maybe, that makes sense like maybe it's slower for some people. I don't know. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of it comes out. I've noticed like one big kind of emotional mess and then it's parsed as I do it. Hmm. With the the painting, not with the writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. I've, I've been noticing some. I I I have a, a session tomorrow with the person, but as I was just thinking about the person, an image came to me, and we haven't even connected yet, like on Zoom. So I'm curious if that same image is going to pop up tomorrow. Hmm. I don't know, hmm. but I'm excited to find out actually. Do people mostly, um, like, can they just go to your website and, and sign up or are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to my website. And if they have any questions, they just want to like dialogue with me about it or just email me about it. I'll answer any questions. Yeah, that's really cool. So I'm curious about your video game sort of background. That's really really interesting to me is was that like um did that come from like a love of video games or just like no, a great creative I, outlet 
you know, I graduated art school in 92 and I just fell into it like a year or two later, you know, video games were much differently back, much different back then. And I just fell into it and learned on the job, and learned 3D modeling, texturing, animating, all that. But I never really liked it. Mm. I mean, that's not fair. There's parts of the whole career that I absolutely loved because of the friendships. And there was some creative work at the time. But I've never been into video games at all or the whole popular culture they represented for me. I just really never have. Hmm. That's really and I know people always say video games oh how fun <laughs> you played them all the time it's like no I didn't and most people that make them don't it's a lot of hard work it's a lot harder really? work than people think yes are but you're I'm guessing you're more on the creative side of things you're not coding them or do you know I never yeah. coded it was all okay. just art oh okay how does Which that is fun work? in his own sense but I can't look at a video game without dissecting it as far uh. as like I see what's going on under the hood. Okay. I see what they're doing. And it's because of that, it's kind of not as fun anymore. So you're given like, okay, we need, are you just sort of giving characters or like designing landscapes? Or I, I don't well, know anything about that almost, world. I've done so much of it at different stages of my career. Because at one point I did, uh, one of the games I was on, I concepted, drew out, the monsters but then we would also get to 3d model them and texture them and animate them that was a long time ago where everything was it wasn't so broken up as it is now as the industry has gotten bigger they've kind of broken up a lot of the art department rules like there's animator section there's a texture oh. section there's a but back then we kind of did it all an artist drew animated textured rigged their character and just did the whole gambit why like, why is it uh, parsed out now? Is it cheaper because to games do it that are, way? Games are so much bigger. And if it's a AAA game, it's just mm. huge. And since the, the horsepower of phones and PCs and the consoles are so big, you can, you know, the technology got better. So you can put more stuff into just one character. Okay. So they just chopped it up. Because huh. it would take too long for one person to just do a character all the way through. It just, right just makes no sense. Right. That's crazy. My, my youngest son is really into modeling or he was, he's now he's more into 2d animation. Yes. I switched to 2d cause I, yeah. I was doing 3d for so long. I got tired of it and yeah. I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Well, he's seven. So he has some time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he can do anything. Yeah. Um, but okay. And, wow. That's really, that's really interesting. I mean, in a sense, it was like you figured out a way to monetize your art early on right like you didn't get a day job and then do art it was like your yeah I got paid to get better basically yeah <laughs> oh that's a great way to say it <laughs> yeah. so do you but do you use the modeling in like your own in your own art now no I've completely abandoned 3d art I'll mess around in photoshop and some other art paint programs uh, but for the most part, no. Okay. So what you do now for yourself is more physical, like yeah, canvas. it's all traditional stuff. Yeah. I find just the tactileness of it to actually touch it, and and I, you know, this is just my own personal opinion. I like art that's original, as far as like this is an original, and I know people like prints and stuff, mm. but 
once you put an original painting on a print, it's always on the print. It doesn't have no texture. It mm -hmm. really, you know, original acts to light differently. There's some parts are glossy, some may not be. I mean, it's just, and the colors are richer. Yeah. So do you still design video games? Nope. No, you just do that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> what was the sort of exit route out of that? Oh, that was pretty, not too long ago. <laughs> the whole company got laid off. So I took that oh. as a sign from the universe to this is time. Because I've tried it before, just being a, a artist, and it never really quite worked out. Yeah. But it was time. And so the jump has been made. Yeah. If you don't make it, the universe does it for you. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It was it was perfect timing. And this yeah. time I didn't freak out. So it's it's all good. Yeah. Where do you live? Los Angeles, California. Oh, okay. I was born there. I lived uh, near the Seattle area. Yeah, I lived in Seattle for the longest time. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I moved really... there in 89 and I left oh, about 10 years ago. It was so different. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know that from being here, but my, my partner has lived here for like 25 years and, um, a friend of mine grew up five years there. The, the whole landscape of that place drastically has changed. Yeah. Yeah. We live um, kind of suburbs and it used to be all farms and now it's like tech companies and apartment buildings. And it's just, right. it's pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 That seems to be happening almost everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no room for it in LA, but. <laughs> yeah. Unless they start move, building up. Like yeah, that's work. true. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what are you working on? Like currently, are you mostly doing the color codes or? I'm doing the color codes and I'm doing paintings on the side that just, I want to do. Mm -hmm. I'm doing one now for, he doesn't know it, but a, a musician friend of mine who he has a tattoo on his hand. And mm -hmm. I asked him if I could take a picture of his hand and oh. I'm doing a I'm going to do a painting of it. Oh, cool. And so I've started that. And I got some ideas in my head that I, I want to paint some really big paintings, but uh, that requires me to uh, either have the canvas shipped here or I create it here myself. Oh, I'm okay. Kind of pulled to do some real big stuff. Do you build canvases now? I used to all the time, but since I moved to LA, I kind of left a lot of my gear. I gave my gear to some fellow artist in, oh, okay. in uh, Seattle. Did you have more space? Is that? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. LA is. I kind of pared down coming here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, gosh. So. I don't know what else to ask you. What What do you want to tell me? Well, that's an interesting question. What do I want to tell you? Yeah. What What else is like going on? What should I know? Well, I'm uh, currently working through a lot of limiting beliefs. So <laughs> that's good. That's good. You know, limiting beliefs that I adopted from my childhood, being the youngest of five. Mm. Noticed, I always noticed that when people, there's a lot of books out there, they talk about your childhood and they always talk about your parents. But there is very little emphasis on siblings. Hmm. I, they'll mention it a little bit, but they don't mention it, I don't think, enough. 
because yeah. you know, my both parents, both of my parents worked. So a lot of my interactions were with my older brothers and sister. So that had a big impact on me. I'm realizing now and I'm moving past a lot of that. They were like your parents. In a way, more, you know, some of them were just bullies. Yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest with you. So that's kind of how parent I mean, it it it's interesting because there's I guess there's not like the age gap that would make you think that they're like parental, but like so many parents are, you know, are basically grown children that don't really know what they're Absolutely. doing anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember I had a, a friend who was the youngest of like seven or eight or something. And that was a big deal for him too. I'm not, I'm not sure that like, if you well, definitely not, if you're an only child, but like I was one of two, my sibling was definitely influential, but it had more to do with how my parents related to him. So I would still say it was like parental. Um, so maybe it's because there aren't that many big families. That's true. I yeah. do. Something just came to me to ask you since, uh, since I, I've done quite a bit of plant medicine. Oh, <laughs> as of last year, uh, ayahuasca. And since ayahuasca is so music is so such a huge part of it. Like, I didn't I did not realize how big of a part of it it was, which makes me ask you if you've ever done it, because you're a musician, because That's ayahuasca is so influenced by music when you're when you're actually on the experience so funny no I've never I've never done it I've had a few plans to um I have somebody who so I have one song that people will write me and tell me or like they'll see me or whatever I'm like oh my gosh I heard your music in an ayahuasca ceremony like I was hearing this for years before I really knew what it was and um there's this couple that live in San Diego that um, follow me on YouTube and he keeps trying to get me to come down to do an ayahuasca ceremony. Um, he's going to treat me to it with his shaman because he's like, you need to hear what your music sounds like in an ayahuasca ceremony. So it's funny you brought that up, but I don't know. I've been a little shy about it, honestly, because it like feels, um, uh, I don't know. It it's it I had like I had a mushroom experience, like a pretty hardcore mushroom experience at the beginning right. of the year that was really great, but afterward I felt sort of like mildly nauseous and like had no appetite for like a week. Right. And and I was like, I'm sure if I could handle ayahuasca. <laughs> I will tell you it's intense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the shaman we go do they they play live music and it's just oh, wow. it's all live there was no pre-recorded stuff yeah it's just astounding how you know the songs are a lot of the songs are made made to get you to purge mm. and they take you to places because i've been to the same person multiple times and certain songs take you to the same place every time oh wow and it's really interesting it's just and some songs you just start crying because it's just so emotional. And I just didn't know that. I didn't know going in how important the music actually is. And it was just like jaw dropping, like they go hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, to do it without music, it's just like, oh my gosh. Do you want to hear? I was actually listening to, do you ever listen to Aubrey Marcus? Yes. Podcast. So he was speaking with a guy named Matias De Stefano. Yeah. Are you familiar with him? 
Yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm really enamored. Um, remembers all his past lives. And I started watching his series on Gaia because uh, Christina from the boot camp recommended that too. Um, but they were talking about, or he was talking about Matias about his ayahuasca trip because Aubrey's a huge fan of psychedelics, I guess. And um, he was saying how like they did it in Peru and I'm not sure there was music, but he, he was having like this completely centered experience <laughs> and his friends were like vomiting and, you know, whatever all around him. And he heard it as music. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It just seems to be part of it. I would yeah. agree with that because one of the things about ayahuasca, I've never purged. Oh, interesting. I've been to four ceremonies and each ceremony you do it twice. Okay. Yeah. Two nights. Uh, and I have never purged. I've come close. I have other things. I, you know, have body shakes and yawning and stuff like that, but I have never purged. I wanted to, but it never have, it's never happened for me. Huh. You do it with your wife? Yes. Yeah. Is that like, does it feel like you're doing it with your wife? Well, the shaman does not let couples sit together. Okay. For various reasons. I mean, he has some pretty, I won't say hardcore rules, but he has some pretty solid rules. I mean, this is like ayahuasca for grownups. It's not yeah. some hippie commune where everyone gets up and sings kumbaya and, <laughs> and hugging each other. I mean, there's very rules that you don't do. And it's yeah. completely pitch dark in there. And the first time we did it, she was on one side and I was on the other. And this is when she was still coming out of her illness. And I, I could hear her purge. And just my heart broke, you know, I'm like, oh, I wish I could be there and comfort her. But I'm, I was tripping balls to, <laughs> you know, I couldn't help at all. So I was in my own thing. Because when, right. <laughs> when I first took it, when it started to hit really hard, I was like, oh my God, why did I do this? <laughs> but each time it's been drastically different. And then we got into Joshua and we went to sessions and then it completely changed once i was new of the joshua material the ayahuasca so. experienced even it just it made me realize that what the ayahuasca was doing to me is like i would have these positive fantasies that come up and these psychedelic and it's it's hard to describe ayahuasca to somebody who's never done it yeah because a lot of things are happening at once and but i'd get these visions of like these positive fantasies and then afterwards what came up was all the things that were in the way of that happening. And that was like wow. negative thinking, how I'm thinking, but that wouldn't just be like, Hey, Joe, you think this way. It'd be, it would come in with a certain scenario or memory or just a made up thing of how I'm interacting with the world. And that would come flooding in. And then once I realized that I was like, Oh, I see what's happening. It's showing me what's in the way. And then once I realized that Bing, it just started happening over and over and over on its own, but got more magnificent as each time went. And then by the end of that, that ceremony, I was just, it felt like I was being rained on by inspiration. It was just so magical. I like that <laughs> visual. Do you experience it as visual? I do. Yes. Is that it? Okay. I do. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that makes sense for you. And it's yeah. very emotional and it's very, it's everything basically but I do experience some people don't experience any visuals but I do every time 
when you say it's like a dark, I mean, it's like a dark room. Is this like somebody's living room or even like a warehouse? Like what? Well, the place is rented out and it's, it's rented. It's, it's, I can't say what it is because I'm held to secrecy, Oh, uh, I see. Okay. but it's, it's a nice place. Bigger than a bread box. <laughs> yes. And there's only about 12 of us okay with the shaman and two of his helpers and those two play music as well as the shaman does hmm. yeah i have a friend who plays tabla for or who was i'm not sure if he still is for ayahuasca ceremony he's had a few like not so positive experiences with it i guess where it's gotten a little weird but um yeah i'm glad that i'm glad that you've had like positive and that i think the structure is probably really important for that Yes, yeah. and the dieta before it. Uh, some uh, people don't take the diet very seriously, but mm -hmm. we did. And the mm -hmm. diet doesn't all, it also consists of no social media, no aggressive music. Basically, mm -hmm. if you're going to listen to music, let it be uh, ceremonial music. Mm -hmm. So, no media. And that's something that most people can't do because they're, we're mm -hmm. so addicted to our phones and scrolling. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you cut that out, your life's going to be a lot better it's basically to get your nervous system cleansed out other than the foods that you're not eating anymore mm -hmm. it really gets you you prepped and what i've noticed is a lot of the the stuff on top that you haven't dealt with that gets released while you're doing that you may have little fits like hey, i want a i want a burrito or whatever mm. you know that gets taken care of first what it, what is the the diet exactly uh well, ours was certain things you can't eat, no caffeine, so no coffee, no sweets, uh, no onions or garlic, okay, no salt. Oh, there's okay. Some things on the list that you you, can't you had me until you said salt. Okay, yeah, that would be that would be hard. Yeah. Can you eat seaweed? Or is I that think you can? Yeah, I think you can. He has like he gives you a big list of stuff you can and can't do. Yeah. Or you shouldn't do. Some people don't. And I guess some of them is kind of like the garlic and onions, there's certain reasons for them. And one of the reasons is if you purge in there, it's going to smell horrible. Because one of the things uh -huh. that really happens on ayahuasca is your senses are heightened to the maximum. So any uh -huh. smell really smells. And that's one of the things you can't come to the ayahuasca is with like perfume on or you know, heavy deodorant. You can't. It's got to be hmm. fragrance free because hmm. it'll affect somebody else's experience. So is there like ventilation? Yes. Yeah, that's nice. Are you given a bucket or how do how do people deal with we like We brought our bucket, but there's always extras. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm very practical. I just I No, just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing most people ask about is the bucket, but yeah. yeah. But I've never used mine, so. Yeah. Do you feel like like pre-ayahuasca, post-ayahuasca, your art has significantly changed? I'm not sure if significantly, but it has changed. It makes me a lot more, uh, hmm, that's a good question. I'm not sure if I can answer that. Because hmm. I don't see a big difference, but who knows, you know? Yeah. Is the experience of creating it any different? Have you noticed like in your process? 
I would say the connection to my inner self is a lot more clear. Yeah. Each time I come back from it, I'm it's radically different. I mean, this time, the last time I came back from it, it just felt like I had so much more space in my body. Like tons and tons of space in my heart. When you're doing a painting, does it look like you're seeing something and then you're trying to replicate what you see in your mind? Or is it sort of like you're being guided to do certain strokes and you it's revealed to you at the end or something else? I would say a mixture of it all, depending on the painting. Some paintings I have, well, some paintings I'll have like a composition will come to me or like put figures here and do this and do that, but I don't have the colors figured out. Hmm. or it will be vague like there's a figure here and this part's going to be bluish and this part's going to be so there's that then other times it's just like make it up as you go because something I've noticed about myself I don't like to have everything pre-planned like if I completely drew it out meticulously and then did the color roughs mm -hmm. and then it would just felt like I was a wrist when I did the big painting and I really like the fact that you in the moment you're making that decision because right there that juice of that spontaneity that's where the creativity happens so i really like that so it's a mixture of, of a little bit of of all of them so it sounds like you're making some sort of a rough sketch before you do any painting sometimes and sometimes i just go for it with the paint okay. and then see what happens oh that's cool kind yeah i don't it, know keep it what? fresh yeah i kind of like to mix it up and keep it fresh yeah yeah my small experience with painting was that like I could never get what I was visualizing to come on you know this is like when I was in high school or whatever because right um which was I guess sort of a frustrating experience because I I had this like amazing world in here that like wouldn't communicate to Wait, the you know it's like yeah. well that's not what I <laughs> yeah um, maybe that's why I like music because <laughs> uh, it'll it's it's always the way that I well how can I put this like it's never going to be a literal translation because it, it you know it's it's not visual I guess um, right. yeah so it's it's allowed to be in the abstract I guess maybe let's say Funny thing is, if you went to my shaman, he'd probably ask you to sing if you're you're a singer, if you're able to it. Because the last time he had a lot of people that were there, actually, they had like, songs and stuff, and they started singing. Like take it, like like the the musicians that are playing or have everybody have takes taken? it. The shaman takes it. The helpers. Really? Take it. Yeah. And what oh, you notice I... is this big collective, big collective energy moves through everybody. So. It's, that's the way it feels to me. It's like everything is played and it's made and it's being created right then and there and it's never going to be the same again. Huh. And it's quite magical. Well, that would be a great trip down to LA. I should plan on yes. that next time. <laughs> yeah. I I usually go, my dad still lives in LA. Um, yeah, I can't say that I've gone down to LA to take ayahuasca. So that would be a cool uh different kind of trip yeah oh it would be a trip <laughs> <laughs> so is is that like your your go your go-to psychedelic like have you tried other 
substances? I have, but they were such a long time ago. You know, I have, but I will say, let's back up a little bit. We did it on New Year's, the wife and I, and it was a three-day. And the first two days was ayahuasca, and the last day was wachuma, which is the oh. San Pedro plant, mm -hmm. which is, con if ayahuasca is considered the grandmother, wachuma is considered the grandfather, mm. mostly take it in the daytime. Hmm. And it's completely not as intense. Yeah. Don't, at least I didn't purge. I think a couple of people purged, but oh, it's it's okay. soft and it's beautiful and it's real heart opener. It was, it was really nice. We, that's funny. The, the reason that I know what Wachuma is, is that I had a friend come visit us when I lived in Phoenix and we had a San Pedro cactus growing in our front yard, which we didn't know what that was. Right. She's like, oh, you have... And she'd been doing tea ceremony with her her friend who'd been attending like a Native American church, I guess. Right. Um, so they had done, I, I guess they do that each time they convene, they pass it around. That's my understanding of it. Um, so, but I, I never like brewed it or anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, that stuff's pretty now. magical. It's, yeah. it's not as hardcore. I guess if you took a lot, it would be, but. Yeah. I like that a lot. You know, in my younger years, I did do LSD and and whatnot, and that was it's kind of on par with mushrooms, to be mm -hmm. quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. But mushrooms, every time I take have taken them, they've kind of upset my stomach. Yeah, I had it. It was like a. I almost felt like I was possessed, or like like I had this sort of like yeah like I was crazy you know like like when you see people sort of like talking to themselves or right. you know having like arguments with themselves or something it wasn't unpleasant but like I I had this awareness that I was like wow I am crazy right now <laughs> yeah the Wachuma is kind of like MDMA but lighter I would say I've never yeah, I've never done MDMA I don't have a ton of psychedelic experience. Most of my twenties were spent chanting. No, I was partying. Twenties <laughs> <laughs> and thirties, yeah. So I, uh, oh yeah, and and being on a harder core diet than you described. Um, so yeah, I, I'm. I haven't had like a ton of experience with with stuff like that, so I'm a little little cautious, I guess. Yeah, the, probably should be. I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody should do it unless they're called to do it, especially yeah. especially ayahuasca. Yeah. Because if someone's on the fence about doing it, you probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. But yeah. it is not for the faint of heart. It will take <laughs> you to the places that you do not want to go usually. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you have that perspective about like understanding what your limiting beliefs are telling you. And then it sounds like sort of having this visual emotional experience of them in the ceremony right yeah so knowing that they're not there to like scare you and um right and knowing within six hours you're going to be back to normal I yeah mean, as long as you know that it's yeah fine i just think our culture has driven us a lot of people into believing certain things will happen and then you'll go crazy and you don't know what it's gonna happen oh okay you know, people yeah i never heard that one i think that that was maybe a little before my time like the the you'll go insane because I remember watching a documentary about psychedelics and I was like wow that's what people thought that's that's nuts yeah, yeah. Kind of drilled that into you and 
I know one of the things about MDMA, they started this lie about it, it drains your spinal fluid and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, wow. there's no evidence of that. Anyway. <laughs> I just did that to scare kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, there was no research being done on it right. at all, it seems like. <laughs> and it looks like it's about to be passed for therapy uses. It's in stage three. Really? MDMA? Yeah. Like federally or in California? Yes, I think federally. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, because so much used with the proper therapist it has ginormous benefits for yeah. PTSD and a bunch of other things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, there's a whole. That's a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pharmaceuticals versus the, uh, yeah. yeah the uh, psychedelic world yeah yeah I remember I was listening to something recently because I've been on the fence about it and I know a lot of hardcore spiritual people that are like they some of them boohoo any psychedelic and I was mm. listening to this talk about it and they were asking this guru about it and she was like no don't do that stuff don't do this stuff just do this meditation for two hours a day and I was thinking to myself wait a minute isn't that the same thing? You're telling them to take something, which is this meditation for two and a half hours oh, a day, oh. and they come out of it, and then how to deal with normal life, because a lot of the questions that were being asked in the Q&A was like, well, how do I deal with normal life when I'm not on the cushion anymore? One could say, how do I deal with normal life when I'm not tripping balls on whatever? Right. And how do right. I integrate everything? Right. To me, it's like, it's the same things, just a different path. Yeah. And I noticed both people can get stuck in them. Some people get too much into psychedelics. Mm. And some people get too much in meditation and there's no balance. Right, know? right. That's interesting. Actually, when you said two hours, I was like, well, that's not super accessible for most people. No. Um, whereas like, you're not really asking much of somebody when you say, take this, you know? Right. Um, I mean, they do have to do the experience. Like, you know, what happens is going to happen, but like, there's no sort of like attention span required or like, um, right. you know, discipline, I guess, when you're ingesting a substance, which is why most people would prefer to take something rather than actually like fix their issues. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting point. It thinking it's going to fix all their issues and it, yeah. they're just dis disappointed when it doesn't. Right. Because they, right. they're not willing to just sit with it when they take it. It's like, it's uncomfortable. Oh my God, I didn't sign up for this. Mm. Like, oh, that's uncomfortability is what you're supposed to sit with. Yeah. Just yeah. giving you all at once. Unless yeah. you want to go sit in a cushion for the next 30 years and hope that it gets you there. <laughs> right. So there's different, well, and then you, yeah. different folks, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Well, also, if you're like, it's sort of like how Joshua talks about, you know, you you just get more and more fearful and pretty soon you don't leave your house, you know, like you can sit on a meditation cushion all day and you'll probably be fine, you know? Um, right. But like, you won't get to live the life that you came here for maybe you know yeah there was a yeah. meditation course i took and the, the guy who ran it called that peace prison <laughs> that's great people will reach certain states of meditation and in retreats and they want to stay there so they sign up for a monastery and they don't uh, want to grow back to a certain amount they just want to expand inside that peace prison uh, but when they get back in the life it's like oh i can't handle this and their peace prison is interrupted so they go back to it right Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've never, I've, I've never heard that term. That's really brilliant. Yeah, Peace I thought prison. it was too. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was like, that's a good one. Peace prison. Yeah. Man, 
That's really cool. Um, and the limiting beliefs. Funny once, that you once we're tackling them, it just makes it bigger and bigger and bigger. So more and more, you can you can be in peace all the time. Yeah. Well, that was one of the reasons why I think I was drawn to um, the you know the Joshua teachings was like I I mean I was doing everything. I was chanting. I was meditating. I was praying. You know, and all that felt great. But like in life. <laughs> You know, it's like there was, you know, there was reprieve in the meditation and the chanting and the whatever, but it was still like, you know, it was like, okay, but like, how do they integrate? Like, I, I'm still having like, my life sucks. You know, it wasn't, my life didn't completely suck. That wasn't my, you know, experience most of the time, but when it did suck, it was like, okay, what do you do? You go back and you meditate. Okay. But like, what about the actual thing that I'm dealing with? <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. I was the same way. Yeah. But I actually didn't like law of attraction stuff because my thought of it was, it was the shallow end of the spiritual pool. Hmm. How kind so? Like every, it just seemed like to me when I looked at videos and it's stuff, materialistic. Like it just felt like everybody was going to like listening to Abraham and listening to all these law of attraction people it was just like oh i want a boat i want this i want that and it was just like no one wanted to clean up their inside mm. i was meditating to clean up my inside but i you know i experienced a lot of great shifts in meditation but just like you when it came to real life stuff would come up and when in the joshua material when it explained certain mechanisms it just hit home with me like oh that's how it works mm. okay that wasn't explained to me before in that way so it all makes sense and that's kind of why i kind of dove into the Joshua material. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. I think that I was drawn to the, having like done the meditation and the chanting for so long, I think I was drawn to the materialism of it because I was like, yeah, I kind of forgot about that part of life. You know, like right. it would, it would be nice to live in a nicer house, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but then, but then like you, it's, it's such, that's such a dead end too, because you realize like, okay, I'm, I'm positive thinking I'm, you know, okay, I'm doing my affirmations. I'm blah, blah, blah. And then you hit the speed bump and you're like, well, fuck, what do I, you know, what do I do now? I got to get back to feeling good. And I just don't. Yeah. What do I do now? Yeah. So it was like kind of the same thing as the, the, the meditation. It's like, as long as things are going well, it all works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So your cat gets ran over by a car or something it's all different you know right right that was a really um and i don't think he told that story on the podcast but that was kind of a like a, a pretty epic moment for me inside my brain because he tells the story of like his dog getting run over by the car oh really oh you haven't heard this one no <laughs> yeah so they had this dog tucker <laughs> It's so funny he doesn't tell the part where like he was he, he was actually kind of a terror <laughs> Because I met this dog <laughs> and he was like uncontrollable, you know, he was like, like uh, the demon um, dog. He was adorable, but like he had a lot of energy and he was, you know, destroying stuff anyway. But one day he gets hit by a car and they're really heartbroken. He and, and Tracy at the time and the, the woman, I don't think they saw it, but the woman comes in and and tells them, you know, their dogs died and they take it to the, I think they take it to the vet and it's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's gone or whatever happened. But the, the next day she either comes to the house or calls. I think she comes to the house 
And she says, listen, I really hate to do this, but like your dog damaged my car and I'm going to need to file an insurance claim. <laughs> you know, or like, or, or so he's so, so I'm going in my mind. I'm like, like, like I'm angry with her. I don't, you know, like, I'm like how insensitive of, you know, like I'm having a reaction to this woman right. while I'm hearing the story. And his response is, okay, I will contact my insurance company about that like doesn't fight her at all on it. And then the issue just goes away. He never hears from her again. And I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I really love that story. Um, Cause it's, I mean, I would imagine like that would be the time when you would lose your cool, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You You're would like, forget everything shit? you knew. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. My dog's dead. Exactly. Yeah. And you would, I mean, you would feel so justified feeling victimized by that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know why I brought, what, why were we, why did I bring that up? So I mentioned about if you once normal life comes in, like with your mm. cat, you over. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing about those sorts of things, like, the ways in which you can handle things differently has been really healing for me because yeah. I don't know that I would have known that that was a possibility in terms of a reaction to right. that, you know, without hearing that. And just the whole reading the books about the victim versus the creator and how easily we slip into the victim mode. Just, it's so prevalent and it's yeah. so easy. You see it so much around society you know, people almost have like victim Olympics, you know, and it's just, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's so easy to fall into that. You yeah. know, I do that a lot with drivers. I mean, driving in LA, it's, my wife will say, just pretend they're robots. Cause we read that in one of the Joshua things, just, just pretend they're robots. Oh, that's they're funny. off. They're off doing their own thing. Right. Getting Yelling at this robot makes no difference. So what are you doing? Right. I mean, it's, it's a hard one that I still work on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing that today, actually. It's so funny because <laughs> the it, we have the kind of, I have like the opposite issue where I live. I don't know if you had this when you were in Seattle, but people drive so slowly. They just. Yes. In the fast lane too. It drives me <laughs> like... nuts. It's like, oh, hey, let's drive slow. Let's get in the far left lane on the freeway. <laughs> I like, I just, I'm like, I want to understand this. I think the, the like understanding that I came to is just that everybody's just so cautious here. Like they're just so, um, they want to stay so safe. That's, that's what it seems like to me. Like just from, I don't know that that's, that, but anyway, that's sort of how I've made peace with it. I'm like, okay, everybody's just trying to protect themselves and everybody else. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying to make peace with it, but well, like, here everyone's aggro. <laughs> I stop. All the time. I sat behind somebody yesterday who sat at a green light for the entire cycle of the light. Oh <laughs> like, man. I was coming up and I was like, I almost like went around because I honked, didn't move, almost went, and then the light changed. And I was like, okay, this is this is for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, very different. Very, very different in LA. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You would, I have noticed from moving here, how easily people freak out here when it rains. I mean, people are like, they cancel 
plans, whether yeah. it's just like going somewhere really simple. It's like, oh, I can't go out. It's raining. What are you talking about? It's, it's raining. Big day. <laughs> <laughs> the sky funny. is falling. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's a massive flood's going to happen. And it's just <laughs> a little bit of rain. Uh, well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for this is a really I liked this this is a very um diverse diverse yeah, conversation we, we covered good. a lot of bases here um do you have uh in I will put all your links and things in the show notes but do you have any like thing coming up or anything we didn't mention that you want to tell people about that they should go check out no just check out color codes on my website okay cool. basically they're I think they're a way for me to see inside you and for you to see inside you and to learn more about yourself. That's what color codes, they give you more self-awareness and expansion of yourself. And they're very cool and they're very fun. And you set, do you send them to people like the actual physical yes. thing or how does that work? Well, I started doing color code minis and they are a five by five painting. And once you order it, it's, we have a talk, I connect. I do the painting, I mail it to you, you receive it, you schedule another talk, and that's when I give you what came out, how to look at it, different ways to look at it, what it means as far as what I got from it, and then it's yours, and it's it's framed, it's ready to hang. Yeah. It, and then I send you a digital copy of it as well. Oh, cool. And the last, the, the Zoom where I talk to you about it, that's recorded, so you can have that and refer back to it later if you, if you so wish. That's like really exciting. What a great uh, offering. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, y'all. And we'll thank see you, you in the next episode. Okay, Bye, wait, Joe. before you go, Bye. please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to it on YouTube, you can just leave a comment there. Make sure to subscribe. This really, really helps the algorithm uh, know that you are enjoying it and allows other people to find us. So we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you in the next episode.